Hi there, we're Seneca students in the SSW program. Our names are Ramon and Isabella. So we came here to talk about the stigma around mental health and we created a campaign called Overlooking is Not Actually Looking. This is primarily because people suffering with mental health are constantly overlooked as opposed to properly checking the well-being of the individual. Now we have Isabella and she is going to introduce herself. So hi everyone, I'm Isabella and uh, as Rowan has mentioned, we're just here to kind of get people to know their perspective on mental health and the stigma that's affecting us today, especially during COVID-19. And we decided that to get first-hand knowledge about what it's like to have mental health, we have a guest here today who's going to go into more detail about that, and her name is Madison Barbosa. And yeah, she's just going to go over a little bit of who she is and what's going on with her in her daily life today. Okay, so Madison, do you want to give us maybe a little brief story and like history of what you have been going through, especially during COVID? Sure. So um, I'm in second year of university at Guelph Humber this year, uh, and I also work two jobs. Recently, I also got diagnosed with ADHD in late November, so right before first semester was ending. And I noticed that online school really took a toll on me and um, brought out my mental health issues, and that's why I went to go get diagnosed. Perfect. So uh, how has it been working the two jobs while in university? Um, well, I did it during my first year, too, and even before <laughs> university as well. Uh, I feel... I feel like I can work two jobs. The thing is, I tend to neglect something else in my life, like my school life or like my exercise life while I'm working the two jobs. Um, yeah. But overall, I'm working right now. It's it's a little bit easier to manage. For example, during the Christmas season, um, we went back out, back down into lockdown. I work as a gymnastics coach, and the gym closed, and we moved to Zoom for online classes. So it was a bit tricky um, trying to put together lesson plans for a Zoom gymnastics class because it's much, much different than um, in-person gymnastics class. And then on top of that, I work a retail job. Um, so the Christmas season was very busy for curbside pickup. And we're also open um, for the inside for a little bit of December too. So that was pretty overwhelming on top of exam season. But now um, heading into second semester, I'm just working probably once a week at the retail job just doing curbside and then I work twice a week um, coaching over Zoom and now that I've been doing it for a couple months since the beginning of December it's getting a bit easier. Yeah for sure since like the lockdown has really just like <clears throat> impacted and affected like everyone's schedule it's like all over the place. Yeah exactly it's really random right now. Yeah. Um and you know as you've mentioned you've recently been diagnosed with ADHD so how do you feel like you've been coping with that as well as your two jobs? Um, well it's definitely different but I think it's better um, this way because before I was struggling and didn't really know how to fix anything. For example I worked at the gymnastics since I was um, a teenager like 15 and I struggled a lot there for example answering emails and just keeping up with um, what I had to do and time management, balancing tax, tasks, we have to write report cards for the kids and things. And I found that I always struggled with that. And when I got diagnosed with ADHD, it was like, oh, there's where it explained because that's one of the symptoms of ADHD, just feeling very like disorganized and not being, being able to keep up with things. Yeah, 
Um, so if anything, it gives me it gives me things to work on. Um, there's also also losing things. I also lost things a lot, a, a lot of my belongings, um, and that plays into being organized again. Like last year, a year ago, I lost three personal cards between January and March. It's really bad problem. Same with um, waking up on time. Um, that's a lot of. That's another thing that a lot of people with ADHD struggle with, or just time managing, um, getting ready in the morning, and things like that. So it's been better. Um, I actually just emailed one of my counselors the other day, or rather, my academic um, advisor uh, the other day to look into counseling programs at my school. Um, I figured out that they offered that which when I do that, the counselor will help me um, kind of balance my school life and other parts of my life. So it's benefited me just to get the diagnosis and get different options for improving um, rather than just not know where to go uh, with everything that's, that was wrong with me, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm so glad to hear all of that and just, you know, the fact that you've been more aware of it, I think, is helpful, right? Because now you can see what, you know, you can do and maybe you can adjust to different things. So I think that's really good to hear about. Thank you. Um, I found that my... Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, I found that my school was very understanding as well, um, especially with online school. Uh because I was emailing a lot of my professors last semester about it, and I had missing work or late work, for example, and they were very understanding of it, and I also got um, the academic resource um, assistance involved in that. So it's just nice to see how, um, how my school is understanding of mental health issues, whereas some other universities I know aren't as understanding um, when it comes to that. Yeah, for sure, because, like, school is already overwhelming, so the fact that they're accommodating you, like, that's just so good. Yeah, it's, it's really helpful. Um, but, sorry, you had another question? Yeah. So, um, do you have any, like, mentality or practices that help you manage with ADHD? So, in other words, like, any coping mechanisms? Um, I found that for losing myself, losing my stuff, for example, I've been trying to keep, keep everything... Uh, having a place to put it at the end of the day. Like, I always keep my key on my lanyard and then hang it up now, whereas before I would always lose my keys. Um, same, with, same with other things that I need to keep track of. Um, I'm trying to think, too. Um, sometimes with ADHD, I get a burst of energy um, and can't sit down and do my work. Like, I'll, just, I'll be trying to focus, but I have so much energy in my body that I have to, like, get up and, like, run around and do something so sometimes I'll just do all that to get my energy out but not too much because that's the that's the main struggle for me like I'll have either too much energy or not enough energy to get things done so then I just want to like sleep all day um but I try to I try to balance it and also um I'm trying to start medication soon that's supposed to calm me down and keep me more focused so hopefully that will help my cousin um, also got diagnosed for ADHD last year, and she was going through the same thing as me. And she tried her medications and said uh, it really helped her. And we have the same doctor, so we, we trust him. Uh, he's been our doctor for years.
Yeah, no, for sure. Because my friend also, she's not ADHD, but she does have ADHD. Um, and she takes medication, and she also takes it during schoolwork, and it helps her tremendously. Because she, like, has, like, a lack of focus. So whenever she takes it, she's, like, so ready to go and get her assignments out of the way. So I really think it'll, it'll benefit you and help you balance between the two. Yeah, I definitely can't wait to start that. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Like, hearing all the ways you're managing uh, ADHD and stuff you want to eventually work towards doing is really good. Um, and with that being said, like, how do you feel like your parents have adjusted to this? Like, in the past, have they, you know, I know from experience just because, you know, you're my friend and you've told me and, like, your parents sometimes might say, like, um, you know, you're being lazy or something. How do you feel like you've opened up around, you know, your diagnosis and do you think it's even worth the effort talking to your parents about mental health? Like, how do you feel about that? Um, so that subject, it's weird because me and my cousin actually had a conversation about this and we both saw signs of our ADHD from childhood. Like, thinking back on my childhood, I was very hyper all the time, very, very, like, couldn't not talk. Um, so I thought the thought the signs of ADHD were pretty clear. Um, with that being said, I was also shy. It's just, um, it's harder to spot ADHD in, in girls because most of, most of the things um, that are distracting us go on within our mind, whereas with little boys, we're more likely to be the distractions, if that makes sense. So this happens for a lot of girls. They don't get diagnosed uh, in childhood, and then it carries out into adulthood. And me and my cousin will talk about how um, our parents kind of didn't want to accept that uh, there might be something wrong with their child. And again, that, that plays into the stigma of mental health. Like, no parent wants to admit there's something wrong with their child or wrong with their mental health, for example, and they don't want to own up to it. So I told my mom for years, ever since I was 15, um, I bring it up and be like, I think I have ADHD because I couldn't stop moving. At all. I would always I would be really hyper and need to jump around and move around a lot. And that's what I thought ADHD was, um, just like being uh, overly hyper, um, which it is, but it's also much more. But then she would, she would say, no, uh, you're definitely, you definitely don't have ADHD. Like, you're so lazy. Uh, all you do is sleep all day, not knowing that that's a part of it as well. So then when I started doing more research about it last year and talking to my cousin about it, I was like, I think I really do have it. So I opened up to her again, but um, she, my mom doesn't, she told me that my doctor would say, like, to get off my phone, for example, if I tried to go to him about ADHD. So I kind of had to accept that she wouldn't, she, she wasn't going to take it into her own hands, so I kind of had to. So I went to my doctor myself, got diagnosed, um, and it took a bit for her to, uh, to, to convince her to let me have medicine and really accept that that's what I have. And even now she thinks that she has it, which is, could be completely possible. ADHD, like 25% of the population has it, diagnosed or not. Um, but it's slowly getting better. Uh, she wants me to start, start the medication um, as well. And she thinks it's good because I'm that I let my school know about like my problems because for example I think this is why I always have the problem in high school and even before of I wrote really slow on tests I was 
always the last person to finish all my exams and even would take overtime all the time. And some teachers were okay with it. Some teachers teachers would snatch my test from my hand right when um, there's no time left and I'd be done half of it. So when I got diagnosed, I was able to look for accommodations for my school and get like more time on tests and exams and more time to hand in assignments. So that's another way my school is really nice and my um, and my mom likes that I got those, those benefits because she saw me struggling throughout the year. She would pick me up for my exams and I'm like bawling because I didn't get to finish. Um, so I think when she thought about it more, she, she saw how I could kind of have ADHD and also started being more accepting of it. So it was definitely a journey. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Like, just to see like how your parents kind of view it as well is interesting because it's like you know they've also seen you on a daily basis they know what you've done so it's just interesting to see how parents of different generations are just you know they might overlook it they might not really see it as something that's that um you know they should look more into it so i think it's nice to see that they're slowly adjusting to it so I'm glad to hear that about your diagnosis and, you know, they're seeing that you're getting better help throughout school, especially. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, one thing with my with our parents' generations and my parents' generation, they were born in 1971, is that there was a lot of stigma, stigma around mental health. It's like I saw a tweet that was like... Um, 30 years ago, it would have been, like, whispering, like, oh, I went to therapy, like, I had to go to therapy, and now people are on Twitter, like, oh, guess what my therapist said today, you know, it's becoming more normalized to get help, and one thing with our parents' generation is that they never had that opportunity, or that, um, were able to have that conversation, and they had to deal with it on their own, so maybe they expect me to deal with it on our own, us to deal with it on our own, but... Today, there's just much more options available, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's, like, interesting to see the differences between the two, because exactly what you said. It was more, like, covered up back in the day when they were, like, around our age. It was, like, a lot more covered up, and it was very secretive to, like, admit that you may have um, been suffering with mental health or treating it, but now it's, like, so common and so normal. So that's why I think our parents are, like, <clears throat> in denial, in a sense, where they, like, can't view it as it being real. But now it's just so much more common, which I think is amazing, um, that we can, like, maybe work around shutting down the stigma around mental health. Exactly. And I think um, the more conversations, the better. Like, we just went through the Let's Talk Day. Um, And I think talking about it and getting, especially the the bad parts of mental, mental health in the opening, like, um, another part of ADHD, along with another, or, or a lot of mental health issues, is, like, the depressive episodes and the days that you don't want to get up, the days that you aren't, like, pretty or more, like, dirty, if that makes sense. So, yeah. I think those parts are important to talk about as well. Yeah, for sure. There's so many downsides. Like, it's not just actually having the title, um, let's say, of depression or anxiety. Like, there's a lot of work, unfortunately, that goes into it. Um, but like you said, it's good that it's being a lot more normalized now. Yeah, uh, and I'm hoping, I I went out to uh, one of my friends, and he has anxiety, and he really encouraged me to look into getting diagnosis and look into speaking to a counselor, a therapist. Um, and I think 
the more people do that and the more like therapy or getting help is normalized then the better the better everyone can handle their um emotions and mind yeah for sure i totally totally agree um so i do have another question um so this is more of like a broad type of question so what changes would you like to see in society that we live in today to address and further acknowledge mental health. So it is somewhere about the conversation we just had, but like what are further changes that you would like to see? Um, it's a hard question, because I feel like I want to see a lot of changes and um, ones that I was mentioning before, just being people being more open with what they're going through. And also maybe in the workplace, I feel like um, the workplace and capitalism and, um, just the just the classism is very like not like for example for for Bell Let's Talk Day Bell a lot of Bell employees reported having like their mental health getting worse by working there because Bell the company itself doesn't allow like mental health days or doesn't allow um, or doesn't understand mental health struggles like they're hard on them and I see that in a lot of workplaces like you're just expected to um, push through it and power through it. But I think um, if workplaces were more empathetic to mental health cases or mental health days, then they'll find that their their workers don't feel like overwhelmed and so and overworked. And then in turn, um, they'll produce better work. Like if someone with anxiety is feeling very worried about having too much work, how is that going to help the company? You know. But it's not to discredit the um, the people and their skills because a lot of times people people are very talented and smart. They just need more time for something, or um, it presented in a different way, or just time off sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree because um, I actually like in the workplace that I used to work in too. So most of my managers were like around our parents' generation. So we actually had a girl that we hired, and she suffered with really severe OCD to the point where when she touched something, she'd right right away go wash her hands because she would feel, like, really dirty and, like, germs and bacteria on her hands. And eventually, like, my manager started noticing the patterns of that and instead of helping her, accommodating her or, like, finding her a position or maybe she doesn't have to touch as many things as, let's say, a greeter, they just fired her. So I feel like maybe in the workplace there's more awareness around mental health and especially conditions like that, like OCD, um, situations like that won't happen, you know? Mm-hmm, exactly. Just being empathetic. Um, my manager at my job right now, at the retail job, actually has OCD too. And we had a conversation about our mental health one day when it wasn't busy in the store. And I felt like it just made made us understand each other because I was, she was telling me how um, her OCD, she needs to have like everything perfect in the store. And I realized that that's why like there's always like a red pen right in front of the keyboard and there's always like the pole puncher in a certain spot like everything has a spot for her um whereas before i didn't really like look into it i kind of just like make sure everything was organized but after she told me that now i make a point to make sure like everything is in the spot that she likes it you know and then when i'm telling her about my adhd and how sometimes like i have had the bad time management when it comes to getting ready or like i'll lose certain things um, for example, it makes her more empathetic to when I'm, like, a couple minutes late or will, like, misplace something in the store. I remember we have this magnet to unlock um, certain things that are locked on the 
on our hangers and I just put it down somewhere and lost it. And that happens to me all the time. That's also happens uh, to a lot of people with ADHD. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just funny because she'll, she'll teach me and we'll tease each other, but it's fine. And that's just a perfect example on, on how like you can be more empathetic to people's um, mental health issues like in the workplace. Yeah, for sure. Like, you definitely need, like, people understanding, like, the two of you guys, where you guys are understanding of what each of you guys suffer with, and you kind of make accommodations and work together to make each other feel better, right? And, like, I feel like that's really important. Like, that's exactly, like, what we need. Exactly. Um, whereas, I feel like my other workplace, like, the gymnastics workplace, well, first of all, the manager was, I think, like, closer to 50, so same thing, like, my, my parents' age, um, and she didn't really understand mental health days, or I felt like she would um, get annoyed if someone was having an off day, and it's just, it's not realistic, because I was a gymnastics coach, and she would expect, expect us to be happy and bubbly and things all the time, which is true, um, but some days, you know, you're feeling off, and I'm, some days I don't even want to be there, let alone try to keep that cheeriness all the time so I think as long as I'm as I'm coaching the kids and the kids feel safe around me don't get me wrong I shouldn't be like miss, miss grumpy like <laughs> yeah. but I can't they can't expect like everyone's 100% to be given at all times you know but yeah with that like you can definitely see from leaving the workplaces that um you know, they don't, like, you guys have mentioned there is no mental health days, right? So just, I guess, maybe trying to incorporate that in jobs, too, would be a little more helpful. Um, and with that being said, like, just with your AD, with your ADHD that you're dealing with, Maddie, um, is there any advice you would give someone who's going through a similar struggle um, as you, and, like, would there be anything specific you'd have in mind? Um, for someone struggling with ADHD? Yeah, like, do you have any advice you would give someone who maybe didn't know they had it, and what, like, all of a sudden they found out they had it? Like, what would you give them, give advice for? Like, what, to help them? Okay, okay. Um, I would definitely say, I actually read an article about this, um, because one of, this girl, um, that I had on Snapchat wrote an article about, like, her first year with ADHD, and I found it really helpful. Um, but in the article, she talked about how making, making to-do lists and, like, separating your time by hours, because a lot of things, uh, a lot of people with ADHD are really bad at time management again, and find that they either get stuck in, like, scrolling paralysis or just can't, can't do anything, like, their brain is stopping them from doing, doing anything. So writing down a to-do list by the hour and, like, uh, segmenting out your time, uh, really helps like get things done and I'm even in the transition of trying to do this and also um, having finding someone either someone with ADHD like you or just a friend that you trust uh, that you can send, send the to-do list to and then update them on how your progress is going during the day um, is really helpful I feel like this could be advice for uh, for everyone as well but especially especially I found it helpful because I find that I like to do things on a deadline or I'll, I'm more likely to do it if um, someone else is expecting it, for example. So in high school, I always feared the regret or feared the embarrassment of not having my assignment and being like called out by the teachers. So that would be kind of my motivation to get it done. 
but with online school, like, it's not the same environment, or even university in general, because you uh, end up submitting most of the stuff online anyway, so just making sure, making sure you have someone that's keeping you in check, even parents could do this as well. Um, some more advice, probably just go easy on yourself. Uh, a lot of people with ADHD too go through like extreme mood swings or, or are more likely to have other other mental health issues. So um, just make, making sure that you're giving yourself enough, enough self-care and taking enough breaks as well so you don't feel so overwhelmed. Yeah, for sure. Because like, yeah, even just like, you know, if you're not giving yourself some time to just relax and really just be like, okay, like, you know, I can do this and like just motivating yourself is really important. Um, I can even say, for example, like Maddie, you write these lists and you'll even FaceTime me and be like, Isabella, like, are you proud of me? Like I did this and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, like Maddie's been able to make changes and adjustments based on you know, what she knows now, and, like, she's been able to get stuff done, so it's really nice to hear that, you know, you want this for other people as well, and these are different little pieces that people could use um, that are struggling with the same thing as well. Exactly. I was just going to say, Isabella was that person for me, and if you do want to help someone um, with mental health issues, just being there for them in that way, like, for example, that's a perfect way to be there for someone with ADHD, um, someone with anxiety or depression, just, like, making sure that you, they know that you're there for them if they ever want to talk, or even not just talk about what they're feeling, but just also offer more support in general, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, to follow up to that, um, do you feel like open and comfortable to speak about your mental health to close people? It could be friends or family. Or is the stigma around the mental health, um, has that made you feel uncomfortable to open up? Um, I feel like I'm slowly becoming more uh, able to open up. Again, it is, and I still do worry about judgment and my parents play a role into that because I'll try to explain, like, oh, I do certain things because of my ADHD, and then they'll think I'm just making excuses or mock me in, some, in, in a sense. And, again, they're getting better at that. But as, in terms of me, like, I think more just older people um, I might be scared to, but younger people I'll just, like, throw it in, like, oh, like, you know, I've... I have ADHD, so, like, sometimes I act like this, for example. Um, at my work, another thing I do all the time, and people have noticed for years, and my friends always pointed out, is, like, my leg bouncing. Like, my leg is always bouncing, and that's another thing. Like, I cannot keep my energy inside. Um, and so I was doing it at work one day, working at the store, and one of the customers was like, oh, can I ask, like, why your leg's shaking? And I was like, um, no problem. Like, I have ADHD, so that's why. And then she apologized, and that she didn't mean to offend me or anything, but I didn't find it as offensive. Um, I just found it as, like, uh, a few years ago, if someone asked me why my leg is bouncing, I wouldn't really have an answer. I'd just be like, oh, that's me, or, like, be embarrassed about it and stop. But now I can kind of explain why that happened. So, yeah, that's just an example. It will be a process. Um, and, of course, I think everyone should should be able to talk about their mental health in a way not to excuse um, their behavior, but just to explain some things and reassure people that they're working on it. Because I think there's a difference between um, making excuses versus 
using it to explain while you're working on uh, whatever <laughs> whatever behavior you uh, you need to improve on. Yeah, no, for sure. I totally agree because um, especially like someplace like a workplace or something like you may have like a bad day. Like let's say I suffer with anxiety, so. Um, I have moments where I'm super, super anxious and my performance isn't what is expected of me, but I'm kind of open to my managers and I'm like, listen, like, I'm having, like, a really bad, like, anxiety right now and I just need you guys to work with me. Sometimes they do and sometimes when there's a rush, they're not as understanding, but I feel like that's um, something we need to, like, be more open about and talk about to get those accommodations and exactly like you said like it's not an excuse it's just kind of a way to explain your behavior for that day right exactly people people need to understand that sometimes it's hard to control especially with anxiety like that i completely understand you um during the christmas season uh when i'm trying to type in the, the computer emails and phone numbers and all this and there's a long line like it can be really really nerve-wracking um i have a bit of anxiety too and yeah your manager just needs to understand like my my manager again at the store is very understanding and I think that's because she's younger like she's only 25 and um struggles with their own anxiety and OCD and things so it's kind of better when uh when the person in power uh has has I mean not has issues of their own but can understand issues definitely mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure <laughs> I I totally agree because um Usually, like, people around our generation, uh, <clears throat> not to classify them as bad or anything, but <clears throat> obviously because it wasn't common in their generation, like, it, it takes a lot of time for them to understand. Like, they kind of look at you and be like, get over it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But talking to someone younger who either has, like, a mental health um, issue or a disorder, like, it's easy for them to understand or even background knowledge, like, you know what I mean? And that's when you kind of feel more comfortable obviously going to them than someone who doesn't understand and kind of oppresses you in a way. Exactly. Um, it's all about communicating your needs as well and offering, uh, like, you know, my anxiety is really bad right now. Is it okay if I, if I just grab things from the back that people need, for example? So it's not as overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, and I think another thing that people don't realize, especially with our age group in particular, is we're not also just going to work and dealing with fast-paced um, days. We're dealing with, you know, I got to go home. I got to do this assignment for school, you know, on top of working and being a student. Like, I think it kind of adds a little bit more distress or stress to our daily lives in general, right? Because, like, Especially if you deal with a customer that was a little off one day, you know, that might really impact you later when you go home and you're trying to sit there and do your do an assignment, let's say for school or something, you might not be focused, you might actually think about what was going on in your day at work, as opposed to actually doing your work and just feeling like, I don't know, like just, you know, not letting your mental health impact the way you're going about your daily life. I don't know, if, you know, like kind of just I don't know, like, work really does impact how you think about other things, and school also impacts your day at work, right? Mm-hmm. So. Exactly, it's like your mind is basically, like, constantly racing. Yeah, and it, you're thinking about so many different things, and then just, you know, having different things impact your daily life, like, it's it can be very overwhelming. So, yeah, just, you know, looking at 
ways again to cope right like looking at the to-do list looking at even meditate like something to just help you go about your day is really important when you have something like ADHD or anxiety as well um, and another thing I wanted to add is that um, you know some people and like yourself Madison you had mentioned that you're on social media so do you think um, some people take a break um, from social media to help with their mental health and if so like have you felt like you've ever needed to try this or have you done it before um yeah I definitely have taken breaks from from social media just because the stuff on there again what you were saying I feel like everything that you were that you were explain, explaining adds to your mind getting clogged with all these responsibilities and thoughts and things to worry about and social media plays into that as well um, I took a social media break, for example, when I was trying to get over my ex um, because he was taking up too many of my thoughts and I needed to reserve those thoughts for things that actually mattered. Um, and I agree with what you're saying, like work affects how you get your schoolwork done or schoolwork affects how you talk to other people. Like everything everything affects things and having overclogged um, thoughts uh, plays into that. And social media is just, again, one of the things that clogs my thoughts. So when I take a break from those, it feels very calming. And I was going to say, um, I feel like that a lot too, or just having, having things like work and other people and school affect my, my mental. And meditation is a really good way to kind of calm yourself down, especially with um, anxiety, calm yourself down and balance your thoughts, clear your mind, because that's what meditation is all about. Yeah. Um, I totally went off the question, though. <laughs> no, but you definitely answered it, because yeah. you did mention, like, even, like, you're saying, getting over your ex, like, that's another thing, as a young person, I don't think um, adults really, like, you know, they understand that you might have been in a relationship, and certain things of a relationship, or even just friendships in general, it can be overwhelming, like, you know, you go on social media, and all you see is something about that person, or about that friend, or something, right, so it's like, just, you know, going on social media, and seeing things that you know you are trying to avoid, like, it's, it's very difficult with social media, because it's all just there for you, right, so I think just having days where maybe you don't go on it as much, or you have, like, a week where you don't go on it, it can help, like you said, it's very calming and it relaxes you to know, like, okay, I'm doing other stuff instead of just going on social media, you know what I mean? So I think that's really good to hear that, you know, you're kind of getting away from certain things when you know it's not good for your mental health. So. No, exactly. Thank you. Um, yeah, what you just said, <laughs> the part about um, older people don't understand, like, the effects of social media because, yeah, you break up with someone and before it was kind of just, you know, you never really hear from them. Then if they go do go to your school, then you'll see them and hear, hear from them, but not the same as when you're not even at school and you're at home looking at your ex being posted all over social media on their friends' accounts or even, like, still following them. And the anxiety of, like, should I be friends with them? And, oh, like, everyone can look at if you're following them or not and find things out that way. Like, it's a lot to handle, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then on top of, you know, especially post-secondary, you know, you're working so you can make money for school. On top of that, you know, you might find someone that you're dating or your friends, you know, are going to switch over time because, you know, you might not keep them forever. 
Um, and just like all those things adding up, I don't think parents really understand that. You know what I mean? So I think just even having parents understand everything that we're doing on a daily basis really can impact our mind and how we're thinking and like, you know, just asking maybe how our day is going or something can even change the way the two age, like the age difference or the generations are, you know, like we need to like let people know what's going on with us pretty much, you know, so I think that's important as well. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another thing I was going to say for social media and why kids take breaks, I'm not sure what the direction you guys wanted to go into the podcast, but I was going to say comparing myself to people on social media is the reason why I need to take breaks from it too. Yeah. That can get overwhelming and like the body, um, the body expectations and standards for women um, is overwhelming as well. Yeah, for sure. It's like it's such a triggering process in a way. Like, especially if you're like unhappy with your body, and then you see people on social media and like in a society, they have like such a high expectation of how a woman's body should look like. Then you're kind of sitting there like, wow, like am I not accepted into society because I don't look the same way that people want to view me on? Like, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Like, you just kind of want to avoid it and not look at it. Especially, like, you know, like those women, we all have those days where we kind of look in the mirror and we're not satisfied with how we look. And then, like, you go on social media and, in a way, it's kind of like confirming your thoughts. And then you're just, like, drowning, like, in a mess of tears. Yeah, exactly. And then it's something to fixate your thoughts on as well. You know, like, trying to live up to this image. And then, for me, like, I've been guilty of getting. I'm getting stuck in that and then wanting to order all these clothes and take photos to prove I'm, like, some some mm-hmm. desirable girl, you know? And that's, again, what we were talking about before was, like, the mess of thoughts. Um, that's why I feel like my brain always feels like because uh, of ADHD, too, or just, like, anything. And I'm sure a lot of other people feel this way, too. Um, but, yeah, fixating on your looks is another thing that takes up a lot of, takes up a lot of thoughts. Yeah, for so sure. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when you take breaks from social media, you can kind of tap into not the looks part and more of your talents and maybe you have more time for hobbies or schoolwork so you feel proud of yourself. Yeah, exactly. Just focusing on yourself and like expressing self care within yourself is so important. Like you can't really get that from social media in specific. Exactly. Yeah, and then just, like, looking at being a girl and, like, seeing all the different things we're going through on a daily basis, it's, like, you know, going on social media and seeing stuff, like, oh, I want to look this way, it just, it kind of adds to not feeling so great sometimes, you know? Um, but, yeah. So, my next question for you is, um, with your mental health, do you find completing tasks dreadful or a big effort or anything like that? Or are you kind of working towards, like, balancing? Oh, definitely both. Um, what you said before, yeah, some tasks can be very, very hard to complete. Like, for example, last semester, I had this assignment that I kept on going back and working on. I actually started it in advance and everything, planned to hand everything out on time, but I kept stopping for some reason. Like, I don't know why it was so hard for my mind. And then I feel like when when I get to obstacles like that, where, like, I already worked so hard on something and, then like, for some reason I still can't finish, it makes me less motivated to even finish it again because I'm like, okay, well, I'm not good at that. Whereas on the flip side, sometimes I hyper-fixate on, on my tasks and, or just find interest in one of my tasks and then excel at it. 
and it's really random. Like, um, me and Isabella were in the same high school, and remember for our last creative arts project? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we had this, uh, we were in this class called Creative Advertising, and we had to advertise for, for Canadian Tires, um, like the part of the, or the point of the program is advertising for like a real company, company and doing a whole presentation and um, at advertising pitch, basically, and the first one, we did one before, uh, like practice one and I didn't do so well on it but for the second one I really was like hyper fixated on winning so I worked really hard on it and then my group ended up winning and it was a whole presentation on this and I used to be very bad at presenting like probably me two years ago would not be able to sit on the phone like this because I just was not able to um project my words the way I wanted to and this always happened during presentations but that was one of the tasks where I was just like hyper fixated on it, was good at it, worked really hard at it, and it succeeded. So I feel like that happens to me all the time, but I really want to switch it to that I can excel on every task that I put my mind to because I feel like if I'm not interested in the subject or I work on it and, I, and it looks like I'm not interested in the subject, then I'm not going to work on it at all or not to the degree that it needs. Yeah, no, I feel like just knowing Maddie in high school and, like, seeing Maddie, like, when she was passionate about something, Maddie was passionate about it. Like, she worked hours and hours, like, a day, and I would look and I'm like, Maddie, how are you still, like, you know, you're still working on this, like, you need a break, and, like, sometimes Maddie just kept going, like, she was so focused on that one thing she liked doing, so even looking at the fact that we were both in a media program together, like, Maddie could work hours on one video just so she got it to look the way she wanted it to look and you know sometimes like looking at the way it turned out like it was the it was maybe like what a two minute video but it took Maddie hours to do and it turned out amazing like that's the kind of stuff I've noticed with Maddie and just you know she really will focus on stuff that interests her so yeah again like I could see that for sure. Do you believe that comes maybe being like a perfectionist? Oh, yeah, I can definitely be a perfectionist. Again, it's, it's black or white to me. I'm either, like, when I when I actually want to do something, like, every detail has to be perfect, and again, I'll sit there for hours, or I'll be the complete opposite, and, like, I'll half-ass it, or not even attempt it, or just put it off forever. Um, I noticed with online school, especially last semester, because I really didn't like the classes um, in my pro program last semester, uh, I fell into that habit, but this semester and also being more aware of my ADHD and these tendencies uh, has, has been helping because I, I find, found out that a lot of people with ADHD like hyperfixate on tasks and even when I'm in the focusing mood, I'm, I try to get as much done as I can because I know the next day I could be like in a disassociated mood when I, where I can't even bring myself to like open my laptop. Like it seems like too much mental power. So I need to take advantage of, of those times that I feel like working for hours. And then, yeah, some, some tasks um, just make me, make me want to do that. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. So just like, I don't know, looking at different tasks and seeing how to do it, it's, it's really interesting. Um, one final question that we have for you is just, overall looking at a general society and seeing how 
people may receive help and may not. It's Do you believe that people are really receiving support for their mental health? Um, and if they are, like, do you find it very difficult for people to take that first step to do so? Or do you think it's an easy step? Um, I think even in even within the doctor communities that we'll, we'll call them, like, uh, certain doctors still don't want to accept it. Like, my doctor is a very old-school doctor, and I didn't expect him to have the reaction um, that he was going to have. Uh, but he did the ADHD test with me. I mentioned, here's one thing, like, I mentioned anxiety and other things to him, uh, and I felt feel like he didn't support me fully on those things. Like, I, like he did the depression test. Um, which I found out by answering the questions, I was like, okay, maybe I had these things when I was like 16, but now I could do more, more high functioning, for example. Um, so I think just the doctor, the doctors need to make sure that they're up to date on mental health issues as well. Same with, this is off topic, but like police officers, so they know how to deal with, um, mental health, like crises and things when they get calls about that. Um... What was the original question? I swear I had something else to add. Uh, just, like, do you think people are receiving um, help? Like, is it, like, an easy way to get help? Or do you think it's, like, just difficult to receive help for your mental health? Oh, yeah. Um, I think therapy right now is hard to receive, especially the, the cost of it. It's, like, $200 for a 50-minute session. And uh, for people part of lower-income families, families like it could be hard to pay for therapy so i'm hoping that in the next few years or in the future they'll include like therapy sessions or or counseling sessions with um our free health care because if our physical health care is free then shouldn't our mental health care um be taken care of as well because sometimes it's just as important of course yeah for sure your mental health is as important as your health uh and I think also, especially with COVID, the fact that everything is now virtual, I mean, I'm sure you might receive the same support, but sometimes you kind of just need to be there face-to-face in front of someone. It's kind of like how you can talk to your friends on the phone, but it's not the same as, like, actually being there with a person. But, like, that also is kind of difficult um, nowadays. Yeah, for sure. And just, like, you know, really looking at... Um even people, like, as Maddie mentioned, like, if people come from lower-income families, it's, like, to get therapy done online might even be challenging if they don't have a computer or if their computer, if their, sorry, their phone might not have access to the, you know, webcam source that they would use with their counselor, you know, it could be really challenging to just get that experience. And then also, if you're there in person with someone, you really feel like you have that connection with the person, right? So I think just all together, just... I don't know, mental health, and even as you brought up the point, like, mental health is just as important as physical health, which is why me and Brawan really wanted to execute this campaign in particular, because it's, like, if your physical health is perfect, okay, that's good, but, like, your mind is what really controls your daily life, right? Like, how you might move or how you might think about something, it's really impacted by how you're thinking, and if your thinking process or your mental state is not there... How are you really going to succeed or achieve the goals you want to when, you know, you're not doing anything to really help it, you know? So I think just looking at your mental health and, you know, maybe even asking people around you, like, you know, do I look like I'm doing okay? Do I, 
am I like acting out when I might not think I am like you know like just really checking up on people is important especially during COVID because I think people's health especially now has been impacted differently if that makes sense so yeah for sure i even read somewhere there are like when covid's over the next pandemic is going to be a mental health pandemic everyone has been suffering like tremendously like i mean like our whole life changed in just a matter of months like everything that we never thought or were used to just kind of changed and it was more like forcefully having to change not even something that we obviously wanted to do so i feel like now more than ever like we need mental health even for people with low-income families because yeah. how is it fair for someone with um, a higher income family can receive support with one of the low-income family is kind of forced to just deal with it because they can't afford it or they're not able to access like technology or whatever it is that somebody put on uh, a high cost and you can so i feel like these are like a lot of changes that we need to start seeing yeah for sure no, i totally agree um, I was going to say too, too, what were we talking about? Um, this is one thing I always need to forget, <laughs> forget my, my thought process or what I was going to say. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, um, what, what you guys were saying about how it's so much harder now that everyone's in quarantine and our, our life completely changed and I find that spending a lot of time at home, like, I'm kind of just stuck with, you're stuck with yourself and your own mind. Um, and I know for me, I realized that pre-COVID, I was kind of like ignoring like myself and working on myself because it's so easy to, you go to school, you hang out with friends, you go party on the weekends, you know? But when quarantine hit, then like you really, you really sit with yourself and your thoughts and you have to, you realize, you realize things about yourself and yourself and things that you have to work on. So I think having like access to therapy or someone to talk to at home would really help that, especially especially because it should be easier. I feel like my life is like more boring and like less going on, but it also just seems more overwhelming in a sense um, because I'm at home because I'm just like constantly doing the same thing and will get stuck in my thoughts about the future, for example. So definitely healthcare, uh, mental health access from home would solve a lot of that and I was gonna say too um for people for people of like lower income households uh you through OHIP you can actually uh sign up for therapy and things or get discount discounts on therapy and things if um anyone that's gonna listen to this that would be beneficial to them (laughs) yeah that's right and I think even to add on to what you were saying like being at home, yeah, it is good, especially in the beginning um, of quarantine, it was good because you kind of had a moment for yourself and only yourself, like, there were no interruptions, and it was good in a sense where, you know, you've got to figure yourself out and things you want to change, but I feel like also being at home for so long, it, like, really impacts the things you want to change, or even, like, coping mechanisms, like, let's say, for example, me, and I'm sure a lot of us, like, we used to, like, you know, having a down day, you go out with your girls, and, you know, you have a good time, whether it's, like, not doing anything too crazy or even just going out and having so much fun. And then that all got taken away. So as good as it is that we do have this time now to be at home and think about ourselves, I feel like, in a way, it's not really helping as much because it's not, there's only so many options you have to help yourself when you're just stuck at home. Yeah, for sure. Me. 
um, there's a lot of there's a lot of pros and cons because definitely it's a moment or at the beginning like you were saying it was a moment to breathe and catch up on everything um, but then that kind of left you with nothing to do and kind of just like your um, your own your own thoughts or at least for me like my own thoughts and I have a lot of like things I need to heal and like trauma um, just like everyone else so that can kind of be hard to deal with um, by yourself and I found myself having all this free time and thinking about it all the time um, especially when I was going through like a breakup for example like you're in a really like vulnerable vulnerable sorry vulnerable position um, yeah. but yeah so it's been bitter bittersweet in quarantine um, you know it is a time to re- redefine yourself and I see a lot of people I actually did an assignment on people starting small businesses and things with their serve money or just because they have more free time um, to be at home and be making things and doing doing things with their hobbies. So that's definitely that's definitely good. Um, but then the down, downside is people. A lot of people are struggling with online school, me included. Um, and yeah, so it's gonna see. I think um, everyone has to be patient with each other. And my some of my profs have been have been understanding. Some of them less understanding. So, everyone, everything, everyone's getting affected differently, basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you're saying, bittersweet. Like you nailed that spot on. Like this whole thing is bittersweet. Yeah, and it's just so unfamiliar to people that it's like sometimes even being at home for too long. As much as there are benefits, like there can be cons to it. You know, like the only people you're seeing might be your family, and maybe they're going through some stuff, and then. You know, I think altogether we might lash out on each other because we think maybe we have more going on than the other. And I feel like I've had that problems, those problems as well with even group mates online and stuff. And like everyone just really is thinking they have more going on than another person. So I think just stopping for a minute and really understanding that everyone is going through something different during COVID, it like we're all kind of dealing with it. You know what I mean? So we have to adjust to more things or doing less things. And it's just... I don't know, it's a little overwhelming in a sense, but in another way, like you guys are saying, like, this is a time where people have been able to reflect on themselves, uh, hopefully making, like, good goals and not looking down on themselves too much, but, like, uplifting themselves. So, yeah, COVID has really yeah. done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. but, yeah, I think um, this is all the questions we had, and this was just really getting a perspective on you, Madison, and just you know, hearing your take on mental health in general and just COVID in particular. And I think just, you know, we've hit all these different points that people can listen to and they'll understand that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can agree with us on certain things and maybe disagree depending on what their situation may be. So thank you for sharing all that you did because a lot of this can be very personal stuff. But uh, it's very nice to hear that you know, you're adjusting to different things and, you know, we really appreciate you coming on and just, you know, expressing your thoughts on mental health and your mental health as well. Um, thank you. Thank you for letting me have a voice uh, right now because obviously we wanted to be more talked about and I'm honored that you chose me. Well, yes, thank you. And Rowan and I are just like I said, really appreciative of everything that you've done. And I don't know if Rowan wants to just add on anything to it. 
Yeah, I just wanted to briefly, like, um, hearing, like, your story, it seems like you grew a lot just from, like, a brief conversation we had, so I hope you continue to grow and um, everything works out for you, even though, like, you have ADHD, that doesn't um, mean you're any different than anyone else, you know? And I just hope that you continue with your schoolwork and with your workplace and everything, everything just kind of falls into the way you want it to. So um, I'm really happy about that. And I know I don't know you really well, but I'm proud of you for like, you know, being able to be honest and open up about this thing because it is really important. Oh, thank you. I'm proud of you too. Um, even when you just recently <laughs> spoke about your anxiety. Um, yeah, hearing words like that uh, make me really happy. And I'm glad to help you guys, though. Thank you for having me. But yes, sure, so, thank you. yes, thank you so much for this. And hopefully it really helps people get a different perspective on mental health in general. So, yeah. Mm -hmm, that's the goal.